but you know what, Brother Mayo, uh, that clock most of the time is wrong. When I come in here one night and they taken that clock off and hung a calendar up there. They told me I didn't preach by the clock, I preached by the calendar. And uh, you know what? He's going to be gone for God only knows how long. So we ought, we ought to just preach him till his tongue hangs out tonight. How many of you think we ought to just turn him loose in our life? Give God the liberty to use this man to preach whatever he's laid on his heart. How many of you are going to open your heart? Let's open our heart as Brother Rick Mayo from Spokane, Washington comes to deliver what God's put on his heart. Come on, come on. Let's give God praise as he comes. Oh, come on, let's praise you. There's such an atmosphere of excitement in this place tonight. There's some of you, you have to lift your hands all night. Come on, get your hands in the air. Let God give you what God wants to give you tonight. Hallelujah. I just I feel such a sense of destiny in this service tonight. And um, if this if this had been my first visit to this church, I would feel without a shadow of a doubt the hand of destiny, the hand of purpose, and the anointed direction that God has for this group of people. And I would just make, I would just, I'll tell you what, I would just put my roots down and say this is where I'm staying you feel that way about this place now, hallelujah Jesus I just had a tremendous week here with this great church and over in um, over in Kansas for three nights and just enjoying the good things of God and then back with you here this morning and then tonight. I just feel a tremendous privilege to be with you and with our precious friends, brother and sister elder, incredibly capable people and God is anointing their efforts. And This is only the beginning around here. I'm telling you, how many of you feel that? Let's love the Lord for that. Come on, you got a future. Not everybody in our world can say that, but this church has a future. Come on now. I'm going to do my very, very best to follow the Holy Ghost tonight. I'd like to draw your attention to the book of Deuteronomy, chapter number three. I would uh, ask that the sound man just give me a little bit more monitor tonight. And... Um, Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. This message has been burning, 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 burning. I feel like tonight is the right night to preach this here. I believe that for some people here tonight, this could definitely be the difference between you being a success in the kingdom of God and you just filling a place on a pew. When I got in the kingdom of God, I made up my mind. I've lived 30 years for the devil. 
I was 30 years of a drunk, a drug addict, selfish and bitter and hateful. And I'm going to live the rest of my life to Jesus Christ, whatever he wants me to do. You feel that way tonight? The book of Deuteronomy chapter number three. Begin reading in verse number one. Then we turned and went up the way to Bashan. And Og, the king of Bashan, came out against us. He and all his people to battle at Adriai. And the Lord said unto me, Fear him not, for I will deliver him and all his people and his land into thy hand. And thou shalt do unto him as thou didst unto Sihon, king of the Amorites, which dwelt at Heshbon. So the Lord our God delivered into our hands Og also, the king of Bashan, and all his people, and we smote him until none was left to him remaining. This is one character that had to be exterminated. And we took all his cities at that time. Now listen, look at verse number four. And we took all his cities at that time. There was not a city which we took not from them. Three score cities, that means 60. All the region of Argob, the kingdom of Og in Bashan. All these cities were fenced with high walls, gates, and bars beside unwalled towns a great many. And we utterly destroyed them as we did unto Sion, king of Eshbon, utterly destroying the men, women, children, and every city. Verse number 10, all the cities of the plain and all Gilead and all Bashan unto Salek and Edrei, cities of the kingdom of Og and Bashan, Verse number 11, for only Og, king of Bashan, remained of the remnant of the giants. Behold, his bedstead was a bedstead of iron. Is it not in Rabath of the children of Ammon? Nine cubits was the length thereof. And four cubits the breadth thereof. After the cubit of a man. I want to preach to us tonight with the help of the Lord in this good church. I want to preach to this church about the last giant. And this is one character that this church needs to eliminate tonight. Would you put your Bibles down and would you pray with me that God would give us understanding and illumination and strength. Come on now, let's pray in the name of Jesus. Father, we give you glorious praise preliminaries of this church, the preparation through praise and worship and prayer has brought us to this place. And we pray now that we can move forward together and receive understanding in the name of Jesus Christ. Let's give him another great hand clap of praise before you're seated tonight in Jesus' name. Oh, what a glorious feeling it is in this place. Oh, what a glorious atmosphere is in this place tonight. Hallelujah. I said it's a good thing to be in the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God bless you. You may be seated tonight. I want to talk to us tonight about the last giant. 
This is not really the last giant, but it is the last giant before the nation of Israel can move across Jordan into the promised land. If you are even a casual student of the Word of God, you understand that, that in the book of Numbers, chapter number 13 and 14, spies were sent into the promised land. Many people have um, misperceived, misunderstood the typology that surrounds the promised land. I've heard it said that it is a type of heaven. It is a type of the glory world when we cross the great gulf that uh, is a barrier between this life and the life to come, and I do not believe that tonight. There are not going to be any giants in heaven. The only giants that are going to be in heaven are the giants on the Lord's side. Come on, somebody. There aren't going to be any enemies that have to be driven out on the other side. But rather, the promised land is a type of revival where there is flow. It's a land that flows with milk and honey. Yes, there are walled cities. Yes, there are um, dignitaries and, and magistrates and people of importance in this world over there. But when a church moves into that dimension, God will drive them out before you and you will possess buildings you didn't build. It's a type of revival. It's a type of great revival that has only perimeters that can be dreamed. Hallelujah in Jesus' name. And so... This last giant by the name of Og represents a character and a spiritual type that we will get into tonight that represents something that must be defeated on this side of entering into the promise that God has for this church. Hallelujah. It not only represents a tactical and a logistical principle, but also a militaristic principle. Hallelujah. This last giant must be obliterated before we can move forward in the promise of God for us as a people. Are you with me tonight? Hallelujah. Now, this character by the name of Og, um, kind of an unusual name to name somebody. I don't know who named him. Kind of like Ozzy Osbourne. Just put a Z there. Hallelujah. But he is a real character. And um, the nation of Israel is brought to this place by the divine program of God. You see, God chooses your battles. If you are in sync with God and you are doing everything you know to do and you're walking with God and you're faithful with God and you are in divine sync with God, God is going to choose your battles. But he does not choose your, your battles for you to be defeated. He chooses your battles to get stronger. And so it was the will of God that they come in contact with this character by the name of Og. Now, he has ownership and control and dominion over much real estate. He doesn't just represent this little two or three acres. 
hallelujah, that is ours, but he represents not only an entire city, but he represents other surrounding cities. In fact, in verse number four, it says, and we took all his cities at that time. There was not a city that we took, not from them. Sixty cities were connected with this giant. Hallelujah. Your good pastor drove me by uh, the building of uh, the work that you are starting in La Junta. And I think that's awesome. But I think before it's over, that all of this region of Colorado and even beyond is going to be influenced by this group. of. See, I believe that tonight. Because when I understand this portion of scripture and the implications of what it means to this church, you have yet to see your greatest day. We haven't even tasted of our greatest day. And so he represents control and dominion over real estate and dominion and control over people. Hallelujah. These cities were had high walls and gates and bars, which is a type of resistance and strength of uh, his type of control, not only because of the holding of real estate, but he had control over people. He kept them behind walls. He kept them behind bars or in bars. I'm glad I don't go to the bars anymore. They were fenced cities. And the Bible says besides unwalled towns, a great many, just little hamlets, little stops in the road. And we drove over to Garden City uh, several days ago. We passed through lots of these little cities. And all of these type of small little communities were under the control of this king by the, or this giant by the name of Og. Now, Og is one of the last of the remnants of a race of giants. Now, there were more than a few races of these characters that were called giants. He happened to be of the race or the lineage of the Rephaim. The Bible does mention giants, and we are most familiar with Goliath. Interestingly, in the Word of God, Goliath is only mentioned six times in Scripture. Og is mentioned no less than 22 times in Scripture. Whenever you see the repetition, the, the multiple usage by God throughout Scripture, God is trying to let me know that Og is more important in my understanding than Goliath is. But Goliath is the teaching of Sunday school class. But how many Sunday school students have ever heard of Og? Hallelujah. When we look at these giants in the Word of God, it's important in trying to attempt some type of spiritual understanding of their representation of typology that we must view them through the correct lens. Hallelujah. These giants definitely represent something of spiritual significance. Um, their size immediately tells us that they dominate. They are dominating. They're, they, they are controlling. They're more powerful than we are in our flesh. And so they are immediately controlling types of spirits if you will allow them to be. They are intimidating. 
They are enemies in the word of God. They are enemies against God and his people. And they are to be utterly exterminated and removed wherever found. I just got to challenge this church tonight. It's time for us to get in the ring and realize this thing is bigger than just 200 people. God wants to build this thing to be over 1,000 people. God wants the headquarters church of Christian Growth Center to be over 1,000 people. Come on, let's clap our hands and give him praise tonight. Come on, dream with me tonight. Dream big tonight. God is a big dreamer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We must look for indicators that help us to understand and properly ascertain what these giants represent. First of all, their geographical considerations. When we look at Goliath in the word of God, Hallelujah. The one thing that stands out about Goliath was the fact that the nation of Israel was not going to grow any further until they defeated Goliath. And so the very first thing that Goliath represents is he represents a resistance against growth. He wants to keep you and I within the perimeters that we have already enjoyed. He doesn't want us to get outside of what we already have. He was a spirit that challenged the nation of Israel and said that if you defeat me, we will serve you. But if we defeat you, you will serve us. And so it was a challenge of dominion. Whatever you yield your members to, the same is brought under. And so when you come in contact with sin in your life, situations in your life, willing, if you want to disobey, if you want to get carnal, if you want to get fleshly, you need to say, you are going down and I am going on. Come on, some of you are facing giants tonight. And you need to say, you know what? I'm not backing down. I am sick and tired of walking around this mountain. I want to take on some new ground. I'm going to move on. But if you do, there's going to be a fight on your hands. If you have your Bibles open, turn with me to the book of 1 Samuel tonight. Chapter number 17. Hallelujah. So we understand, first of all, that Goliath represents the permanent restriction of growth. In fact, he stood on one side of a valley and he stared across at the people of God on the other side of the valley. And there is absolutely not going to be any movement. There is not going to be any growth. There's not going to be any type of fluctuation, dynamics, anything until this dude is taken care of. Let's look at 1 Samuel 17 and verse number 5. This is the second indicator of helping us to define and determine what kind of spirit we're dealing with. Verse, I'm sorry, verse number 4. And there went out a champion out of the camp of the Philistines named Goliath of Goth, whose height was six cubits and a span. 
Now, a cubit is exactly 18 inches. And in Bible times, it was, it was from your elbow to your fingertips. That's what a cubit was. And he had a, an helmet of brass upon his head, and he was armed with a coat of mail. And the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of brass. This helmet of brass meant he is hard-headed. You can rebuke this dude a million times, but you're going to have to have a little bit extra to get him down. He's hard-headed. He is, he's got armament that is strong. He's got a metal vesture. In fact, 5,000 shekels of brass, roughly 157 pounds, he wore as a vesture of brass. He is strong. He had leg protection. This dude was covered with protection. The head of his spear weighed 18 pounds. His attitude was one of total defiance. He is, he is one that belittles God's people. He's attempting to intimidate God's people. He is a spirit that comes around this church every once in a while and says, just enjoy this little building where you're at. You are not going any further. It's time for the dude to come down. Come on, somebody. Let's get excited and out and take him down. I didn't come here to have a Pentecostal glee club. Let's just go ahead and get in sync with the Holy Ghost. And let's make up in our minds this dude is coming down. Now, I'm not trying to get mean tonight. I'm not a mean person by nature. I'm not an ugly person by nature. But I am a real person. The old timers were scared of this dude. I mean, they were hiding behind bushes. They were hiding behind rocks. They were hiding behind cactus. They were hiding behind wagon wheels. Goliath would come out and, and belch out his intimidating oppressive challenge he would curse god he was curse god's people and the old timers were hiding under rocks but a new convert comes on the scene Don't, don't feel like you got to put these new converts in their place. You just let them go. They ain't afraid of Goliath. In fact, the Bible says there was not a man among them that rose to the challenge. 
but there was a boy. Which lets me to know that it's the youth department of the church that's going to take Goliath out. Come on, mom and dad. We're all going to enjoy the victory together. Come on, older saint of God. Get behind the young people. Sponsor them to go to youth convention. Sponsor them to go to conference. Sponsor. Come on, somebody. The promise of the church is in the youth department. If we are going to take Goliath out, it's going to be from our youth. In fact, Saul said, thou art not a man, but thou art a youth. So, look at your neighbor and go, so, you guys over here, you ain't doing it. Do it now in Jesus' name. Look at your neighbor, kind of stupid, and go, so? Here's Saul, the king, with his knees knocking. He ain't got enough anointing to knock a gnat off a windowsill. And a young person rises to the challenge and says, Pastor, I think I need to go on a seven-day fast. Don't tell him no. Don't tell him quit. Get out of the way and let him fight Goliath for the entire church. Come on, young people. Let's clap our hands. Let's give him praise. Don't listen to negativity. Don't listen to the doubters. God's going to use you. Sometimes some of these young people will get under the spout where the glory comes out and something will rise up in some old saint somewhere and say, now settle down. Did you clear that with the committee? You don't have to clear it with anybody but God and your pastor. And if your pastor gives you a green light, then you just rear back and take your slingshot and go out. God's looking for a young person that'll help us take Goliath out. Because we got to grow. Let's clap our hands and give him praise. I'm telling you, Pastor, I was so impressed over it, over at Garden City. These young people were praying. They were worshiping, tears streaming down their face. I'm convinced tonight that Goliath has already been removed out of the way of this church. They are living holy. They are living godly. They are living pure in the name of the Lord. They don't care about Calvin Klein. They don't care about GQ. They don't care about a rap star, sports star. They are in the Holy Ghost. They don't care who's going to Super Bowl. They don't care who's in the World Series. Here's the problem that a lot of people have. Is they go on one three-day fast and they knock the dude down. They get tired of listening to his voice. 
They get tired of him breathing his old dirty breath and showing his old dirty yellow teeth. They're tired of that spear in their face. They're tired of absolutely being immobilized because of fear. And they say, I'm going to go on a three-day fast and you knock him down. But I'm telling you, you got to do better than knock him down. Go on another three-day fast. Cut, cut the dude's head off while you got him down. It's not good enough to have one or two get the Holy Ghost. Let's have a hundred soul revival. Cut his head off. Eliminate him. We're moving on and moving out and going on. Come on, let's clap our hands and give God praise. There's people under the sound of my voice. Your life is filled with all kinds of habits and junk, and you don't really want it there. You don't know what to do. I'll tell you what you need to do. You need to get that one stone in your sling and get out there and face them eyeball to eyeball and say, I ain't backing up. I am going on. I'm going to live for God. I'm going to go to heaven and sling it in the name of the Lord. I'm tired of battling nicotine. I'm tired of battling pornography. I'm tired of being unfaithful. I'm tired of being inconsistent. I'm tired of being inconsiderate. My God. Whew. Let's lift our hands and worship God tonight. Fling that stone. Keep rattling. We rattle it in our pouch and we threaten the devil. If you bother me one more time, I'm going to do this. If you bother me one more time, I'm going to do it. Oh, tonight's the night to do it. Tonight is the night to say, I'm done with lying. I'm done with cheating. I'm done with robbing God. I'm done with being inconsistent. I'm tired of it. I'm going to live for God. My kids need to live for God. I need to live for God. I'm going to fling the stone tonight. Stand to your feet and clap your hands if you're willing to let that sling go and send that rock into his head. Goliath is going down, going down, going down, going down, and I'm going on. I want to move up. I want to pray more. I want to pray deeper. I want a greater revelation. I want a more understanding. I want to live for God. God bless you. You may be seated. These nasty, ugly, unclean giants are spirits that will hang around your life. And they will, they will yell obscenities at you. And they will keep you as a slave as long as you'll do it. But when you make up your mind, it's time to move on and take higher ground. You're going to have to get down and you're going to have to face him eyeball to eyeball. And you're going to say, God, I have given into this so many times. I have caved in. I have capitulated. I have served the spirit so many times. And God says, I'm sick of it. You just get out there and face it and sling the stone and I'll do the rest. 
Goliath is mentioned six times. And Og is mentioned 22 times. Giants are defeatable. Giants are defeatable. I want to tell you what kind of spirits had a hold of my life before I got saved. They were unclean. They were filthy. They were profane. They were nasty. They were ugly. And then when I went down in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost, now they just stood off from a distance. And that's the way some of these spirits do to some of you. They try to get you to lose your position in Christ. And when you, when you do it, you lose your victory. And now you are a slave. Is there anybody that's tired of being a slave tonight? Is there anybody that wants to break out? Move up. Hallelujah. Giants are defeatable. Turn over to your neighbor and say, giants are defeatable. This character, Og, has got to be viewed through the right lens if we're going to get to the promised land. The land of Bashan was his domain and God wants us to have it but more than possessing his real estate God is trying to get us he's trying to teach us the principle that there's a lot of giants that are out there when you get into the land of revival and so you've got to learn this principle right now right here and the fact that he represents a bunch of people and he represents a bunch of real estate, and he represents a bunch of other stuff, is just a small microcosm of what I've got for you when we get into the promised land. But you got to get this guy right here. Everybody over there understand this. Everybody over there understand this. The name Bashan means much coveted, it means fruitful, it means soft, it means level. It's talking about the soil. Bashan was a name that was represented by the soil. It was a soil that was fruitful. It was a soil that was level. It was a soil that was soft. I believe this next building project... About 20 of you are excited about that. See, that's what I'm talking about. Hallelujah. The name Og means round. Now, you're not supposed to say fat in Pentecostal churches. Uh, but I just said it. I can say that because I'm not fat. Look pretty good. Don't I? My wife thinks I do, and that's all that matters. 
But the name Og means round, large, fat. There is no armament or weaponry mentioned. And that's what helps us to understand and properly ascertain what type of spirit we are dealing with. He was a giant as much as Goliath was. But it is the weaponry or his possessions that are mentioned that help us to understand what we're dealing with. Back in Deuteronomy chapter 3. I'm trying. You're going to help me preach? I got over Pentecostal entertainment a long time ago. I come here to get the victory and help somebody else get the victory. If you're into entertainment, there's lots of shows in town. This is not a Pentecostal show place. This is where the people of God defeat the giant and take on new ground. In verse number 11, we've already talked what is under his dominion and control. But look at verse number 11. For only all king of Bashan remained of the remnant of the giants. Behold, his bedstead was a bedstead of iron. His bed. Evidently, his weaponry and his armament is represented by a bed. It is a bed of iron, which means it is strong. Iron was the hardest material known at that day. And when you see it represented in the word of God like it is tonight, it represents that this is a strong spirit. Brass, which covered Goliath, wasn't near as strong as iron. Goliath is not as hard to put down as he th he's wanting to make you think he is. But this character right here has got a strong inclination. His bed, look at this. Nine cubits was the length of it. That's 14 feet long. And it was eight feet wide. Here is a giant that captivated and he controlled from his bed. He was large. His bed was strong. What does he represent? If you are going to take your city, you're going to have to eliminate this dude. If we want all these little towns around us and put works out there, we're going to have to take care of this dude. He represents a spirit of laziness, 
tiredness, uninvolvement, and sluggishness. Clap your hands. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs, chapter number 20, it says, The sluggard will not plow by reason of the cold. Therefore shall he beg and harvest and have nothing. It's time for all of the lazy, sluggish, tired Pentecostals to pray through tonight. There's some of you that don't want to get involved. There's some of you that just want to lay around and be entertained and sit around. It's time to put that spirit to fight so we can win our city. Come on, clap your hands and give him praise. This is a character that if a church doesn't defeat him, hallelujah, this turns into a Pentecostal retirement home and an adult care center instead of a church that's on the move, a church that's taking real estate, a church that's captivating their city. Some of, you, some of you haven't clapped all night. Let's clap. Some of you haven't worshipped all night. Let's worship. Some of you need to quit being lazy and tired. Let's kick Og out of the way and have victory. You need not walk in the flesh. The spirit ain't tired. The Bible is certainly not silent addressing the negativity of being lazy. How long wilt thou sleep, O sluggard? When wilt thou arise out of thy sleep? Yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. So shall thy poverty come as one that traveleth, and thy want as an armed man. Hallelujah, I'm going to tell you what, this church is in the ring. You followed a good man of God, and now we're in the ring. And we can dance around and do a little soft shoe and stay out of the right hook of the enemy. But I'm telling you, it's time for some of us in the back row to get in the ring and say, Pastor, I'm with you. Pastor, I'm going to... I'm not just here to receive, I'm here to give. I'm not just... I'm not just here to take. I'm here to give back. Come on, somebody. Come on, let's all worship God together. Come on, let's become one tonight. Let's become like a mighty man. Hallelujah, a mighty man of war that comes out of his easy chair and goes to battle. Hallelujah, and flexes his muscle. Hallelujah, in one synchronized move of God. Let's worship God again. 1,001. 1,002. 1,003. 
1,004. Some of you won't even do it. You're so tired. 1,005. If you'll break, if you'll shake those shackles off and prove to the devil and to your carnality that you will not rule me, you've got all gone the run. 1,010. 1,011. 1,012. Come on, third world nations don't even know how to sit down. But we sit there. This church will go no further until you have destroyed Og. One thousand eighteen, one thousand nineteen, one thousand twenty. You tired yet? One thousand twenty-two, one thousand twenty-three, one thousand twenty-four. You know what? I don't feel like it. That's the problem. Revival is not a revival of convenience. It is a revival of inconvenience. 1,025, 1,026, 1,027. You're going to have to get this dude out of the way. God's saying before I'll ever let you into where I've got programmed and planned for you, you're going to have to get rid of the laziness and the atmosphere of convenience. Revival is inconvenient. It's going to cost us. We're going to have to open our homes. We're going to have to open our hearts. We're going to have to have fellowship. We're going to have to have breaking of bread. We're going to have to pray. Anybody that wants a revival of convenience will never have a revival. But the people that want revival say, I don't care what it costs. I don't care what time it is. I don't care if it's another revival. I don't care if the pastor called a fast. Clap your hands and give him praise. Praise. This dude's gonna have to go down. We're gonna have to kill it. Kill it. God bless you, you may be seated. Thank you for cooperating with the Holy Ghost. He represents a life that's sloppy. Instead of the pursuit of spiritual excellence, it's just slopping anything to God. Well, I'll show up when I want to. I'll give when I want to. They ought to be happy on there. You ought to be happy the man of God puts up with you. Either we want revival or we don't. But we're going to have to get in our mind if we're going to get to the level of sacrifice that is going to get God's approval. We're going to have to get rid of the mentality of convenience and say, I'm with this. I believe we're going to take this city. I believe we're going to get all these other cities. I believe people are coming out of bars. People are coming out of broken homes. People are coming out of the world. sloppiness I went by the field of the slothful and by the vineyard of the man void of understanding 
And lo, it was grown over with thorns. And nettles had covered the face of You want to know why some of you dudes are fighting so much sin all the time? It's because you get on your internet in the middle of the night and you're doing stuff and your wall is overgrown with thorns and nettles. You know what you need to do? You need to lay that thing on the altar tonight and say, God, I want victory more than I want lust. I want the victory of the Holy Ghost more than I want lust and a few little moments of pleasure. Hallelujah. I want to live for God more than anything in me. The slothful man. Your life becomes overgrown with weeds. And all it would take is one little push from the devil. And you'd be out and everybody would be wondering where you're at. We need to recapture the spirit of excellence that this good man of God and his precious wife has brought to this city. I want us to lift our hands now in Jesus' name. I want to tell you either Og is going or we're going to wander another 40 years. God has fulfilled prophecy. God has taken thousands of years of his intricate plan of destiny and prophecy to bring us to this place. Hallelujah. And we cannot jeopardize all the promises and prophecies of God he's coming down I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quit being lazy I'm going to go back to praying every day I'm going to go back to fasting once a week I'm going to go back to knocking doors I'm going to go back to doing outreach my God I feel like I just touched something right there you know what the problem is? Some of you have never given a Bible study. Hallelujah. And your well's gone dry. You want to know how your wall, your well will overflow? Is go out and give somebody a Bible study and feel that anointing. Feel that power. Feel that joy. Feel that glory. I rebuke the spirit of convenience. I rebuke that spirit in Jesus' name. God, send a trial, send a tribulation. God, get them off the fence. God, get them back in the fire. God, don't let them eat from Nebuchadnezzar's table. God, get them in the fire. Sloppiness, overgrown with sin, overgrown with carnality, inconsistency, is a slothful man. The word slothful in the Bible means lazy. I don't feel like praying. I don't feel like lifting my hands. I don't feel... I don't feel. I don't feel. You take that giant out, and this church is guaranteed this city. It matters not to me who else is out there. It doesn't matter to me what brand they are. It doesn't matter how long they've been there. Thorns are the byproduct of slumber 
But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat. Slumbering is a time when we have lost our spiritual acumen and our oil is low and our lamps have gone out. But while the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. The book of Isaiah says this, even some spiritual leaders, his watchmen are blind. They are all ignorant. They are all dumb dogs that cannot bark. Sleeping, lying down, and loving to slumber. A church that has this type of passion goes beyond coming to church to just get our little need met and just do our little two-step for Jesus and just because we're on the ushers list and just because we're teaching Sunday school that day. But you begin to get the revelation that I'm there for somebody else. I love this church. I love your pastor and his wife. But this is one dude that's got to be eliminated. Because God is looking beyond the perimeter of this house tonight. And he is looking into the lives of thousands of people. The book of Romans says this, and that knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. Ephesians chapter 5 says, Awake thou that sleepest and arise from the dead, and Christ Jesus shall give thee light. The last giant that must be defeated before great God-favoring revival is the spirit of idleness, slumber, and laziness. The Bible says that the king's business requires haste. The word haste there means urgency, immediacy, expediency, when was the last time you witnessed to someone? Does that concern you? When was the last time you gave a Bible study? Does that concern you? When was the last time you brought a visitor to church? When was the last time that you went on outreach? Standing between Christian Growth Center and your community is the last giant. It is a known spiritual principle that whatever spirits that you are going to defeat in your city you are going to have to manifest the opposite of that spirit. Because in reality, those spirits are always going to be there. 
But the way that we claim victory over those spirits is by manifesting the opposite and nullifying their influence. For example, to overcome a spirit of hate, God has given us the love of God. All you got to do is show it. If it is a spirit of fear, you manifest great faith and trust in God. If it is a spirit of doubt, it's a spirit of trust. It is a spirit of lust, you manifest holiness. But I'll tell you what I feel in this city. I feel those spiritual, but I'm going to tell you what I really feel in this city, not in this church, but I'll tell you what I feel in this city is indifference. I feel apathy. And so how are we going to overcome that? How are we going to overcome the spirit of indifference? When's the last time you knocked on a door? When was the last time you gave a Bible study? When was the last time you witnessed to somebody and wept in the shadows until it came to fruition? Let's lift our hands and ask God to help us. I'm not, I'm not here to hurt us. I love you. But we've got more promises and prophecies backing us up. He Randa yala mokoto yala boshata yala bohoi. Suye yala morondo ye. The spirit that has captured Pueblo, Colorado is the spirit of indifference. How are we going to Defeat Og. The way they defeated Goliath was he cursed the God of Israel. And so they came out to defeat him with the name. How are we going to overcome Og? Listen to me. What is the opposite of Og? Turn it around. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Are you ready? Well, God's going to have to tell me to go. He already has. It's in the Bible. What we need to do is get the spirit of laziness and slumber and indifference and sluggishness out of our spirits and quit justifying our lack of results. The way you bring down Og is to go. Whatever the pastor says, I'm going to do it. Wherever he says to go, I'm going to go. Wherever he shows me, I'm going to do it. If he says knock a door, I'll do it. If he says Bible study, I'll do it. 
What happens sometimes in our good churches is people come in and they have all zeal but no wisdom. Now, you new converts, listen up to this. I'm glad I caught on to this while I was young. But what happens is, is when people use up all their zeal, God uses the zeal of a new convert and converts it through trials, tribulations, and experiences so that they become balanced between wisdom and zeal. But the problem with some people is they've used all their zeal up because they didn't learn their lesson. And now they know what to do, but they ain't got no power to go out and do it. And so they hear it, they nod, but they won't move. They won't give a Bible study. They won't feel conviction that people's salvation is waiting on them. Well, brother Mayo, the word go is only one place in the New Testament. Really? The word go is used 219 times in the New Testament. Hold on. The word prayer is only used seven times in the book of Acts, where the word go in the book of Acts is used 49 times, which means you ought to be going more than you're praying. Feel the resistance? This dude's got to come out tonight. Do you want revival or don't you? We nod because we understand the preaching. We lift our hand because we feel the Holy Ghost. God's saying, come on. I'm sick of that. I want you to get stirred. I want you to move. I want you to go. Turn your city upside down. It's not enough to lift him up in here. It's not enough to exalt him in here. Hallelujah, this is to be a place where we come back and get orders from the general that's been at headquarters and ready to send us back out and coordinate the troops and send us out to defeat the enemy. The word wait is only used 16 times in the New Testament. The word go is used 219 times in the New Testament. Well, I think I'll just stay till I get a word. You got one. Tonight. Well, I need an angel at the foot of my bed. You ain't going to get one. You need to be delivered of that charismatic mentality and realize that's not apostolic. But God sent me to Pueblo, Colorado to turn my city upside down and to follow the man of God and let him be the general that coordinates a move of God in this city and in this whole geographical region. You can reach the world from this church. You can reach this state from this church if God can mobilize one church to overcome Og. If you want this dude dead, clap your hands.
and mean it with all your heart. How bad do you want the guy gone? How bad do you want that spirit out? Friend, if you knew what was waiting you, the fresh anointing, the fresh joy, the fresh power. God bless you, you may be seated. I'm almost done. The word stay is not found in the New Testament. The word tired is not found in the New Testament. The word sluggard is not found in the New Testament. The word lazy is not found in the New Testament. The two words not ready are not found in the New Testament. The two words not interested are not found in the New Testament. The two words not going are not found in the New Testament. What's our excuse? Jesus defeated Og at Calvary. Nailing the handwriting of ordinances that was against us. Nailing it to the cross and taking it out of the way. And now he just asks that you go. Are we rich and increase with goods and have need of nothing? Or do we want to turn our city upside down and say there's people going to hell? There's people addicted to all kinds of junk. There's people that the devil has moved into their marriage and into their living rooms. And I'm going to do everything I can to help them. I am your servant tonight. But I've helped you to recognize the last giant. Let's lift our hands and give him praise. I want revival more than anything in this world. I didn't get in the ministry to get rich and just sit back and kick. There's people under the sound of my voice that God has already called you. God is already willing to empower you. God is already willing to open up doors for you. God is willing to open up the windows of heaven and the doors of opportunity for you. But we're waiting till we feel it. By the help of God and by your precious permission, I am going to help us defeat Og. If you are over the age of 40 years old tonight, and within the next 30 days, you will promise to give a Bible study. I want you to come down and stand in this altar.
you must be over the age of 40. And you must make a solemn commitment to God tonight to do whatever it takes to give a Bible study in the next 30 days. If you are between the age of 25 and 40 and you will fast one day a week for the next month, I'm asking you to come down to this altar and stand with, a, with your brothers and sisters. Fast one day a week for a month. If you're a young person tonight and you will pray a minimum of 30 minutes a day for revival and for your pastor, I want you to come into this altar and stand with your brothers and sisters 30 minutes a day for the next month. Is this hard? Are these difficult challenges? Come on, this altar's open. If you are in this church tonight and you make a promise to witness to at least one person in the next 30 days, this altar is open to you. Come and stand with God's people, your brothers and sisters tonight. Let's lift our hands, church. God, I'm going to live by my commitment. I'm going to live by my commitment in Jesus' name. I'm going to fast one day a week for the next month. I'm going to witness to one soul. God, if you'll open the door, if you'll open more than one door, I'll witness to more than one person. But I will witness to at least one person. I will give a Bible study to at least one person in the next 30 days. Oh, God. If you're a young person, I will pray. I will pray at least 30 minutes a day. Hallelujah for revival in my city and for the man of God to protect him, protect his family, to anoint him. Lift your voice and let's pray. This is what pleases God. God, we want revival. We're ready to be inconvenienced. We're not afraid of the price tag. We're not afraid of being inconvenienced. We're not afraid of rolling out of bed. We're not afraid to work with God. Lay your hand over on somebody, brother to brother, and sister to sister, and pray, God, open up doors for my brother and sister. Open up opportunities for my brother and sister. In Jesus' name. Og is getting nervous tonight. Og sees that his last days, he can see his last days in sight. The spirit of laziness, the spirit of Laodicea is gasping its last breath. I don't care about the golf course. I don't care about the fishing hole. I don't care about that. I want revival.
I want revival more than anything in this world. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I'm going to kill Og. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I'm going to go into this city. I'm going to go into surrounding cities. I'm going to tell it. I'm going to share it. Hallelujah. You get a church that is synchronized and mechanized like I feel in this place tonight and there is no stopping you. There is no building big enough that can stop the dream of God. Come on, let's exalt him. Let's praise him. Let's give him glory. Let's give him honor. Let's give him praise. God strengthen my brothers. God strengthen my sisters. God strengthen these young people. I rebuke the intimidation of Goliath. Hallelujah. Makes them feel like they're funny because they look different and it sounds different. I rebuke that spirit in Jesus' name. Pray for one another. Pray till you get a breakthrough. Pray till you put Og down. Pray, pray, pray in Jesus' name. God, I'm claiming my family. God, I'm claiming my neighbors. God, I'm claiming a guy on the job. God, I'm claiming my boss. God, I'm claiming people down the street. God, I'm claiming backslid family members. God, I'm claiming people for the kingdom of God tonight, and I won't let go.
Shatai. I want us to lift our hands and I want us to I want us to praise the Lord right now. Come on. Let's praise him in advance for the victory that's coming. Come on. Let's praise him. Let's put it let let's let's do some hallelujahs. Let's do some hallelujahs. Let's rave and boast about our God right now. Let the high praise of God go up right now. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. 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 Ilalama shandalalalama hashatai. <laughs> 